What's up, everybody? Troy Cartwright here. A quick announcement before we get started. On Thursday, February 1st, we're going to drop our first episode of the 10-Year Town Book Club. I am announcing this today because I want you to have time to read the book if you want to participate. It's called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. It's going to be a really fun episode. We're going to have on a previous guest and uh, just kind of talk about some of our favorite things from the book. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Today's guest, a man that needs no introduction, Michael Hardy, on the pod. We're going to talk about his journey from Philadelphia, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee. Hardy is truly one of the nicest guys in the music industry. I love this episode. I know you guys are going to love it too. I think you're going to learn a lot. Without further ado, here he is. FGL happened and everything changed it, forever. It just like broke. And and it, like like now, I feel like there's actually way more room to maneuver. You know, you, it's not like, it doesn't have to be like superstar or bust. You totally. know, I think it's the opposite. I think it is going. It's going. It's it's like it's niching down. Bro, country was like a professional wrestler era, <laughs> yeah. and every song was their every single was their theme song. Walking out to the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody was fit and good looking, and and like that was your thing. And then, really, it was the moment to me that it changed was when Chris Stapleton sang on stage with Justin Timberlake, <clears throat> and in my opinion. Everybody, everybody, I love Luke Holmes. Everybody says it's Luke, but I swear to God, I think it was Stapleton before Luke because he was the first dude that was popping off and had a completely different sound. Of yeah. course, we all and his voice, but like, and then that, like, it made it pivoted for the first time in like whatever, five, six, seven years. Yeah. I mean, it, in it, like, I remember because I was sitting in Dallas, I didn't live in Nashville yet. And I remember I was watching that live for some reason, which is random. I don't normally watch that stuff. Award shows, yeah. But but I remember seeing it, and I was like, and I had just seen him in Dallas like two weeks earlier. Stapleton, yeah. And I it, bet it wasn't a big room either because he hadn't blown no, up yet. It was like I, it, there was like hundreds of people there, so it was cooking. But but, it, but hundreds, dude, yeah. compared to now, right? And, and the room was not full. Um, and I and I remember seeing that happen, and I was like, hell yeah. It's like, different this gonna, now. This is a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's different now, you know, because I like, I love FGL, but I Same. wasn't like, you know, I didn't feel like that was in line with, I didn't know, I didn't feel capable of doing that, but I felt like what Stapleton was doing was like something, you know, it was like, it was for me. Yeah. You know? It. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was just, it was different. It was organic and it was. And dude, it was just, to me, it, it just, bro it immediately broke the mold of what you have to look like. And then yeah. two or three years later, Combs came out and yeah. then, it, then it just busted wide open with a bunch of normal ass looking dudes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and all of yeah. us were like, fuck yeah, I can get a record deal now, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you didn't have to fit into this like perfect. Yeah. Perfect I, it, it, it just seemed like that for so long. And I, you know. Um, I wish Ken Burns would would like keep going on the whole thing because yeah. it's. What did he get to? I think he got to like. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. Finish, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish it. It's actually. I've actually. I love the idea of it. I've never started it. It's a it, good. It's a COVID documentary, dude. Yeah. Get seems, COVID. Get some good COVID. Yeah. Watch the Ken Burns documentary. Yeah, you'll dude. have you'll have time doc. to get through it. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's very um, tedious. Isn't the right word, but it's 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 so it's dense so dense yeah. and so in detail like 
you need you have to make an event out of watching it. I yeah. got through like three or four decades. I got to like the seventies, and I was like, <sighs> went on, went on vacation or something, and yeah. I just never came back to it. Yeah, but. just still time. It's there. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not going to start it over, dude. <laughs> but it was cool. It's cool to see like. Gene Autry and, and Jimmy Rogers and these guys were like the first guys to like commercialize a genre that was brand new. Yeah. And you know, okay, I, I'm gonna get in the weeds That's here, great. but dude, let's do it. I have I have a, an issue with people. Okay, country music is founded. Literally, the foundation of country music is putting original lyrics over not original melodies. Yeah. So they they would they would rewrite lyrics to gospel melodies and um, that's what like the Carter family did. That's what mm. everybody did back did, in the day. Did they call it like an, what is like an inter- interpolation? Interpolation? No, no they that, didn't. That was they just, just like, called it music. Yeah. <laughs> and dude, they that has been a thing. You can draw a line to almost every, you know the 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 um, um, Always Sunny meme of Charlie and he's all strung out and yeah, he's yeah, pointing yeah. to the thing and Absolutely. all the lines. That you can do that with country music, and I just, man, people people get so worried these days about getting sued and, and this and that, but I just, to this day, I'm like, man, this is the foundation of what this genre is built yeah. on, is, is like, listen to 90s country, dude. Yeah. I, I, of course, I can't think of one off the bat, but um, it's kind of... It's thing, dude, is borrowing melodies from other things, and mm-hmm. and that's just a common thing for that... 10 years and then it moves on to something else and then everybody kind of does the same thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. If you're a songwriter out there, don't worry about getting sued. Dude. Just, just do dude, your thing. <laughs> I, 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 I've never been sued, but I tell people all the time, it's like, is this on top of that? I'm like, dude, if we're getting sued, life is good. That means that means that means the we song made, made enough money. money for somebody to want a piece of it. Yeah. I agree, dude. And I get, I get so frustrated. I was in a write uh, last week and like, in the end, the artist ended up bringing something in that they'd started with somebody else, and I could tell like the other person was like uncomfortable irri- about irritated. it, irritated. And I was like, "Dude, hey, guess what? Whatever percentage of this uh, divided by six is a lot more than uh, like zero divided zero, by three. Yeah, you know? <laughs> dude. I, dude, I'm the same exact way, man. Yeah. If it's a nine way, if it's a six way, and making it a nine way is what's going to get it cut. Yep. It don't matter. Zero dollars. And not that it's all about the money, but sometimes it's about the money. And zero dollars yeah. is way better than, or way worse than whatever, ten dollars, whatever, whatever yeah. money it actually makes. Well, it's just like, it's like, let's just, let's write the most interesting thing in, in the room. Yeah. Like if that, it like, it was good. That's why we wrote it. Yeah. We wanted to finish it. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. And the artist was stoked about it. So yeah, who it cares, made a lot man. of sense, man. Um, well, dude, I, I always start this thing off with, with the same question, Okay, which is how long have you been in town? Dude, uh, 10 years. No way. Uh, what's, what year is it? No shit. 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. Wow. I think it was 10. Yeah. 13 years, 13 and a half, 14 in, uh, in May. Where, uh, where from? I'm from Philadelphia, Mississippi. Yeah. Did you come straight here? Um, Yes. I went to a year of junior college out of high school. Okay. And then I moved here when I was 19. Dang. Yeah, dude. Uh, did you just go to junior college like around? Yeah, like 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes from my hometown. <laughs> my sister uh, my sister moved up here uh, straight out of high school and went to Belmont. She was okay. a singer. Um, she, she, she still lives here. Married has kids and she's she has a, a, a hair and makeup company now and does really gotcha. well. But she moved here to uh, pursue music at the time 
and me and a couple of buddies came up around around probably I think it was like February of 2010 mm-hmm. just to hang out with her and her friends and yeah. we came up here and we just partied all weekend and like I just had never been anywhere or done anything cool and like I mean seriously like I grew up in Mississippi and like I just didn't really we just didn't have a whole lot and there was not a lot to do and yeah. I came up here and and uh, I just fell in love with it and I I had written two songs like I was starting to dabble into like writing songs and had picked up guitar and stuff and and I'd written a couple songs and prior to that trip my sister called me and she was like hey I, I, mom mom dad whoever told me that you'd been writing some songs just so you know like if you ever wanted to change a pace there's this thing up here called a publishing deal yeah and she gave me the whole spill because she was you know music business at Belmont and she was learning all about all that and uh, anyway came up came up visited had a freaking blast and. I came back home and I told my parents, I said, I think I need to move to Nashville. And that yeah. was that was it. I just I kind of on a whim. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you go to school or did you I literally did. just move like I went to I dude, I have a degree in songwriting from MTSU. I, not a lot of people know that, Dang. but um I did. I moved up here and I went to MTSU and 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 did that whole thing. Um, yeah. but I, I just I moved up I moved with the intention of becoming a songwriter. I I, I don't know. Were you living in uh, Murfreesboro? In Murfreesboro, yeah, for two. The borough, dude. The the freaking borough, dude. Yeah. For two and a half years, and then I commuted my last year. It took me an extra semester to finish, but um, gotcha. You had a good time. I did. I had a I had a decent time. I was yeah. a weird. I was weird in college. I, I didn't. I had like three friends. I wasn't super social. Yeah. Um. I just. I literally just kind of felt like Harry Potter, dude. I just. <laughs> I just stayed in my room and just wrote songs all the time and just tried to figure it out. And like, I don't know. I was a a bit of a recluse. I didn't really come out of my shell until I got like up here and signed my first deal. And yeah, you know, rebar those, those days, dude. Yeah, man. RIP. Yeah, I know, dude. Is that where they're putting the old dominion bar or did I just look at that picture wrong? I don't know, but that's freaking genius. I I saw I saw them like announce a new bar and in then Midtown. It, that'd be the first one looked, in Midtown. That would be a really good idea. I wanted to do that, dude. That's sick. <laughs> I wanted to be like, dude, some of these people need to put them in Midtown, man. That's even cooler. I know it makes a lot more sense. Uh, although although I have not personally been to Midtown. I I went to Red Door on like a Monday night after I went a last night. Gym. Was pretty, is it still is still popping? Yeah, there's a new deck now. It's even bigger. It's just, dude, Red Door's changed. I know. It's changed, and and it's just, it's different now. It, it feels different. And Everybody but, in there's up to something, dude. But I but I might be different. I have to consider that I as mean, well. But, but dude, I remember a time, I got to be careful how I say some of this stuff, but yeah. I remember a time where we were in a group, you know, whoever, I was with whoever yeah. in Red Door, and Darius is sitting in one corner, yeah. and Miranda is sitting in another one, and there's people everywhere, and nobody said a word to either one of them. And that just, that's like a thing that you just can't is get it, away is with Is that anymore. not, like when when you're there, are you, get, are you getting, a are little you, bit. it's a little mob scene? Little it's bit. not like mob scene. No, no, yeah. no, it's not. But it's some guy that comes up and he's like, I know I just moved here, but I'm the best songwriter. <laughs> it's like sticking their phone in your ear and shit like that. And <laughs> it's 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 It's, it's not fans, but it's just really hungry yeah. young people, which, dude, shoot your shot. Like, whatever. That's, cool, That's yeah, totally but, cool. But it's just it's just different. Because we would have never... No. Nah. That too, wasn't the vibe. I was vibe. too afraid. Yeah, and just humbled and just like... Yeah. It was just different back then, dude. Yeah, yeah. But it it's, was. Whatever. It's fine. I mean, 
It's it's different though. Nashville has changed though since we were since like you know ten years ago or whenever. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a little behind you. I didn't move here till sixteen. Dude, do you remember the first time we met? Was it at that retreat? No, it was before that. Where, dude? Okay, so it was it it was at um, I want to say it was Ocean Way, the small room at Ocean Way. Yeah, and I was I came in. Because Clint Daniels had a session, and you y'all were cutting your demo right yeah. before, and so I came a, in I'll right on the back end of y'all's, and like we met, dang. and I don't know how I remember that, but I was like, I like that guy. That guy was really cool. Man, that's so sick. Yeah, I, it had to have been shortly after you moved here. Oh yeah, I've got a photo. I remember. I think that photo is still on like my my Instagram feed. I posted it because it was me and Clint in front of the Ocean Way sign. You know, inside that day. There. That day you were wearing a trucker hat. I remember that. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, if I like, I'm posting this, people are gonna know I'm legit. You yeah, know, I was just recording a demo at Ocean Way, but I, I felt pretty legit, dude. Perspective though, like, yeah, come on, man. Like, there's there's people. If I would have seen that picture and I, like you know, when I was a kid that just moved here, I'd be like, yeah. fuck, that's gonna be me one day, dude. He's like, and actually in the studio, somebody yeah. else is paying for it. Yeah, but I'm kind of paying for it, dude. That was that was um, that had Clint, to be 16 too. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, and dude, Clint. Clint was so good to me, man. Like him and and it was really through Jake Gear. Yeah, it's but, he, he was Seagale. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, dude, that was the spot I wanted to be signed there so bad. Seagale, oh, dude, dude, that's all I wanted. That was the that was like the fraternity house, yeah. man. I was I, I actually didn't write for Seagale, but I was like their stepchild. For yeah, like you were you were you years. were in the in the club for sure. Yeah, it was like all the <laughs> well, they were just they were so cool. They had CJ and they had yep. Smith, Onquist uh, and Brent Anderson and Jeb and Jordan Brooker, and it was all, we were all like tight and yeah, and the in like the vibe of the rooms there is just so yeah like, it felt like a like a home it felt like a clubhouse or something yeah it, it, like a, or almost like i mean i guess it was kind of beach house themed but yeah, yeah no it was yeah. cool it was like a it was a it was a that was a special time for sure yeah um so when you you're you're locking yourself in your room writing songs like at some point you said you, you actually did move to like nashville proper yeah were, were you co-writing at that point or were you like literally alone in your room like just trying to so i somewhere around that same time my sister had introduced me to leslie roberts Mm -hmm. at bmi yeah and to this day she's still my bmi girl she's dude she's the best she's the best and um so she introduced me to uh a couple people and there was another guy Denny Carr was his name, and he was a publisher somewhere in town. I don't even remember. He was a Canadian guy. So my first co-write ever was actually with James Barker, Dang. of all people. Yeah, and dude, he was just like a farm kid. Like we were both like didn't had no idea what we were doing, and yeah. and uh, but yeah. So James was my first one, and that was like so I would drive up to ta- I would drive up to my sister's apartment. She would let me write at her house, at her apartment. Okay. And I was writing with like James Barker and I actually met Jake Mitchell like early, early, early oh, on, really? like 2013 or 14. Um, so I, there, a little bit of, but I, at the time I was writing a lot by myself, like yeah. a ton, yeah. more, more than co-writing for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like you were already aware cause you said earlier from your sister, like about publishing deals and stuff. Was that, was that like the goal? To get a publishing deal? Yeah, at the time. I kind of yeah. went back and forth for like a, two seconds, dude. When I was a um, senior in college, I'd kind of had a little small community of buddies that were in the rent, the recording industry program, yeah. and they had free access to a studio. So I cut this little EP, 
And uh, I, I put a little band together and I played a couple shows like in East Tennessee of all yeah. places. And and then when I got out of college and I signed a deal, I was like, that shit sucks. This shit is awesome. I just want to write songs. <laughs> just like, you just mean like, like just like the art, like that. All the like, I, we did like three shows, and I was like, yeah. "That's so much work, dude." <laughs> and at the time, I just I didn't have like stars in my eyes, and I was just like, "I just want to write songs." And so yeah. I just, you know, I shelved any idea of of doing it myself and just became a songwriter. Yeah. So how did how did the first deal? I, I'm I'm remembering. I was I was with Tim Hunsey recently, and he's my publisher, but he was like. I was the first person. He was, and he didn't sign me. He told me one so time at a meeting, dude. So that was that was that was where he messed up. So Tim Tim was the first publisher to take a meeting with me ever, okay. and I would meet with him like once every few months, and I'd play him songs, and he yeah. just and he, dude, he was just he kept saying like you're on your way, like keep you know keep doing your thing, keep doing your thing. But I was still in college, and like yeah. I wasn't necessarily shopping a deal, like right then and there and I and honestly wasn't ready for one I wasn't I didn't have the chops yet yeah but um I remember him saying one time uh that he said I had a chance to sign Rhett Akins and Rhett was like popping off as a writer at this point like hard yeah and he's like and I didn't do it and he was like I don't I don't want to I can't remember how he said it but he was like I just hope I don't regret that with you one day. <laughs> I swear to God dude and then yeah. and and uh anyway it just it ended up not he that's so funny yeah but I loved him I mean I seriously special super shout out to Tim Hunty because he he took a meeting with me. Yeah. And I mean, I was, he because my sister had interned at like Parallel or what, I don't even remember Where the at, connection, but, but my sister yeah. is the one that connected me. Or actually, she saw that he had just started that company mm. and sent me like that article and she was like, you should reach out to this guy that he just started a publishing company. I'm yeah. sure he's looking for writers. I mean, it was like old school kind of dude. Yeah. So I like found his email and sent him an email or something like that. But, um, dude, so yeah, I was doing that a little bit in college. And then my, so my publisher still today is Dennis McCoskey. Yeah. Um, who is, he's been in town for forever in the eighties. He was, he was a pop writer in the eighties. And then he moved to Nashville, like in the nineties and wrote uh, a string of country hits. And Dennis is actually my third cousin. Oh, okay. Do, do you not know this? I somebody, I, I for some reason I thought he was like your uncle. Everybody says uncle, dude. But I, third just, cousin, I don't correct him. I'm just third like cousin yeah, is so much better because it's like sorta, yeah, yeah sorta yeah. related. But third, I don't know. We any share of my the third same. Cousins. Actually, we don't share. Okay, so basically, his mother and my great grandmother, yeah, were sisters. Okay. So, I don't even I don't even want to think about how. So my grandfather and Dennis are first tree. cousins, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and growing up, I knew, like, I knew him growing up. It wasn't like this shock that once I got to town, I realized I had this cousin here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, growing up, I, I knew, like, we had we family reunions, and I had this cool cousin that would come, and he he was the songwriter guy, and he wrote this song and that song we'd hear on the radio, and we were like, oh, that's so cool. And, um, yeah, so I had this songwriter cousin, but when I moved up here, I didn't really like go try to you know stand on his shoulders because I didn't know what he did. I didn't know he was a publisher. Like I just didn't know. I, I didn't yeah. know anything. And then one day, uh, I was putting videos on. Um, back then, I mean, this was pre like Instagram, pre yeah. anything. I was putting videos. Bless you, <laughs> putting videos on. Um, I guess YouTube, like just recording them with my webcam and yeah. like originals. Oh, dude, I I, I got a I got a uh, Britney Spears Toxic cover 
Is it still out there? No, nah, I think I private. Damn, but it's, it's, it's still on my YouTube. That. I think all my stuff got scrubbed too. And yeah. I, I kind of, I'd love to go back and watch some of it. Yeah. But anyway, and and then I would share that to my Facebook or whatever. And one day Dennis wrote on my Facebook wall, dude, Dang. and was like, "Hey, Michael, time, yeah. this and that, you know, come by and see me sometime." So then we connected and went by his house and I played him like ten songs. Yeah. And he was like, kind of the same as Tim. He was just like, "Keep writing, keep writing." And, um, one day, uh, it got, it got, well, actually, so I was getting out of coming out of college and he had, he had a deal. He, he, he wanted to sign me to a publishing deal. I was like about to graduate college and the, the admin company that he had at the time, it fell through like at the, at the last minute. And so I, and I, this whole time, you know, uh, coming out of school, I was like, I'm going to go straight into a publishing deal. Like, this is amazing. And then it didn't happen. And so I, I kind of went back to the drawing board and I wrote a song by myself called Dog Years. And it was a song about this dog from the perspective of the dog and the dog dies and it was like super sad. And anyway, and so I took that back to him and he was like, all right, give me a month or whatever it was. And then he called me one day and he's like, all right, I have a deal for you. And it was with Cobalt yeah. and Dennis, which his company at the time was called Watsky. But anyway, so that was my that was my first pub deal. And I think I signed it like, February 2nd, 2014. Okay. Yeah. So you were, how long had you been out of school at that point? Um, September, October, November, December. Six months, five five or six months. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Um, And did did things start hitting right away? No, dude. (laughs) No? I didn't have a single cut my whole first publishing deal. How long? Like four or five years? years? Dang. Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, it had to have been because my, I got, I, I eventually got cuts off of, those songs I wrote on my deal, but yeah. during the term, yeah. I didn't. And I remember, uh, I mean, dude, I was, you you know how that shit is. I was so frustrated. Well, you feel like you're, you I, suck or some or something's wrong. I, or, you know, I don't, dude. I was stubborn, dude. I, I was like, I don't know, dude. I guess this is gonna make me sound like an egomaniac, but <laughs> I was like, dude, these songs are hits. Like <laughs> somebody needs to cut one of these songs. I don't know. I was just very, very, very frustrated. Yeah. Um And. I'm trying to think of the timeline. My so right at the end of my deal, basically Dennis was like, "Dude, I I want to sign you again. Like I feel like you're this close." Yeah. And uh, I'm man, I've been loyal, and he's been extremely good to me. So I just I didn't even really shop. I just was yeah. like, "Sure." Yeah. And right when I like right at the very end of that deal, it was like 2017, I believe, and I got a Tyler Farr cut. Yeah. I should go to church sometime. Yeah. Great wrote it with Brinley Addington and Sarah Turner, and um, and then they called me and they were and and I found out it's going to be the single, and I was just like, oh my god, and then it peaked at like sixty five, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I just remember that being a huge bummer, and then I signed my new deal, and then up down happened like immediately. Gotcha. Um, I would say within. Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, that song went number one in 2018, so yeah. probably within a few months. Um, and that happened. That was the first one, right? Yeah, that um, was my second single. Okay, so it gotcha. was like the, but I that, should go to church sometime, and then and then up down. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a, a whole moment. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. I I just remember uh, we we've had Brad out here, and I I remember like. When it came out, I was like driving my wife to the airport, 
and like when you heard it on the radio I, yeah like I, I just remember hearing it for the first time I was like <laughs> monster dude yeah. that's awesome man we dude we that song was old and I'm, I know he told the story but we, yeah. we like went through different versions and he did a demo and then like I did a demo and then Jake Mitchell did a demo and I kind of like halfway cut it on myself because I was like maybe I'll put it out I don't know yeah and then then after all that Seth England heard it heard Brad play it at in Key West and was yeah. like what was that and then and then Seth got you know all of our six demos that we made on it and then they ended up <laughs> cutting it on Morgan and I knew I was like a fan of Morgan already I had written with Morgan and uh like I immediately was a fan like when I heard the way I talk I was like that's sick this yeah. guy's good his voice is cool yeah and uh, anyway, so I was stoked. and was never, I was never in any position to, because you know how people want to hold out if they think they've got a big hit song and they sure. hold. Out. I was like, bro, let him have it. He yeah. can have whatever he wants. Were, and uh, yeah, were you like? I guess we met in like 2016, but by the time I really got to know you, I think we went out to that retreat in Colorado. I think that was 2018. It was the beginning of 2018. Yeah, because I was talking to my wife. I was talking to Callie then. Okay, and gotcha. we started dating in 2018. It like just started. Yeah. Um, but like, I think by that time you were already sort of like deeply in that, like, yeah, I think you were maybe going I was out like, on the bus all the time. Yeah. With that GL but, I, and, but I still, ironically, like I remember so, like I still was broke. Like somebody had to help me pay to get out. Like I probably Dennis, probably my publishing company. Cause I was still just like broke as shit. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, on that retreat. Yeah. Um, well I, yeah, I, I, I feel, I just remember like. All the food was like, who was the responsible adult there on that retreat? Martin, I don't, Martin Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, but somehow we were fed and and there was yeah, there you're was right, alcohol dude. and stuff. And like, I don't remember, you know. And and I had just like signed my deal with Warner Chapel. I think I I can't remember if I, I maybe I'd sign my record deal or maybe they, it was like on the table or something. But like I just thought like this is the way life was, you know. You go to <laughs> yeah. I'd just been to Mexico on a retreat, you know, and I was like, just cool, like this we is, go, you just go places, yeah, and like everyone takes care of everything, and we just, I guess, write songs. But um, yeah, that's a good point. Remember they? I don't know if you were there, but they iced me. Oh yeah, in the in the in the giant thing of cheese balls. It. Dude, it was the best. God, dude, it was so good. <laughs> was good. I was so pissed off. I woke up hungover, and God, back then, dude, I was. It's a, it's a miracle I didn't die, dude. I was so unhealthy <laughs> for so many different reasons, and yeah. I woke up and I just like walk into the kitchen, and there's a giant jug. What do you call that? Just vast, like, like of, a Costco size of, of, cheese of balls. like cheese balls. Yeah, yeah dude. And I, I just opened it and I just put my hand right in the middle and I was like, what is that? And I grabbed it and pulled it out and it was an orange juice ice or whatever you call it. Like yeah. whatever it was, man. Yeah, that was good times. So uh, it was also the day or the week that I discovered that I will never go skiing ever again <laughs> or snowboarding, man. Yeah. What a um, time. I had a mullet then too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You were, you kind of head of the curve in a lot of ways, you know? I, uh, yeah, I have some, uh, yeah, yeah, man. That was, uh, that was, that was probably the most defeated I've ever felt in my <laughs> life. Cause I was like an athlete growing up and I just couldn't figure it out. I was so out of shape, dude. And you're up in that elevation too. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm dying the whole time and afraid I'm going to crash into some little kid. And did you, had you ever never snowboarded before? No. So you just went up the mountain and decided 
I'm just gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah, dude. When I snow, when I got all that snowboard, like if we got up to the top, how you kind of you you know it, you, you got to get off, get off, yeah. and I just immediately busted my ass, dude, and and like had to like lay down so the ski lift wouldn't hit me, when I, and I like crawled over, and I was like, oh no, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> And it was terrible. It was horrible, dude. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. Actually, we wrote Rednecker on that trip. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I remember. Um, so at that point, like you were, had you, I guess, were you kind of thinking about like doing the, the artist thing yet? Or were you still just really focused on, on writing songs? No, I think not yet. Yeah. But it was shortly after that. Okay. I remember like, it had to have been May or June, maybe July, something like that. It was probably like April or May, actually, um, is when Big Loud, they like, they do, they like bamboozled me, dude. They ambushed me. <laughs> Seth, being an artist? Yeah, because like T Hub was kind of in my ear about it and like, Seth was too, and like I just didn't want anything to do with it. I, I don't know. I was just like finally kind of getting some traction or whatever as a as a as writer, a yeah. yeah. And I was like, ah, man, and I, I see, I saw like Jameson was kind of my first dude in my camp that like signed a deal, Jameson yeah. Rogers, and and then I could just he was immediately just like gone all the time. You know what I mean? And tired all the time, and like yeah. was watching him and just other buddies that that were doing it, and and I just was seeing how tough it was and i was like i don't want any part of that dude i just want to write songs yeah and then um yeah i i seth the way i remember it seth or chief when chief was still at big loud somebody called me and they were like hey come by the office we want to talk or whatever and i was like all right and i go in there and it's all the freaking partners sitting in a room yeah and they literally basically just like handed me a record deal and i just was like ah, i don't know about this yeah, and so I sat on it for months. Like I had, to, like I, I didn't know, I didn't know if I wanted to do it or not. And I just started dating Callie, and uh, I think the thing that got me one is FGL. I was out writing with them, and they came on the bus, and they were like, "Do you want to sing Up Down with us tonight?" It was Lake Shake. Yeah, and it was like I don't know thirty, forty thousand people, whatever it was, in Chicago, and. I was just like, yeah, I guess. And I just went out there and did it and kind of got the bug. Yeah. And then Joey Moy called me shortly after that and was like, and he's been my favorite producer for since forever. Yeah. And called me and, and he was just like, hey, man, you know, I'd love to cut a record on you if you ever, if you ever want to do it. Like, I don't, I don't care what the record deal looks like. I just, I want to produce you. And I was, I just took, I just read The Alchemist, uh -huh. which is like a book about, have you ever read it? Uh -uh. You should read it, dude. It's, it's really cool. Um, really popular book. Um, and it talks about opportunities and omens and, and, and just things like that. And yeah. so I was really in that headspace and they kept that opportunity kept presenting itself. It kept presenting it just in different forms. Yeah. And I finally just said like, you know, let's do it and yeah. signed it. And, and the rest is kind of history as far as that goes. But, um, I was really reluctant at the time. I was, was really dialed into, just being a songwriter, and I was really afraid of like my time as an artist sacrificing all of that songwriting time and yeah. and that sort of thing. But I just I don't know. I, I kind of had this thing of like, man, I, I wouldn't want to go thirty years down the road and and be that guy. that was like, I had you know, I got an offer and I never took it kind of yeah. thing. So, so this is like what like late twenty eighteen, right? Probably summer. Yeah, middle. Okay. So like as as your artist career is coming online. Are you starting? To, this is like when you're starting to get a bunch of cuts, right? 
Yeah. So did you feel at that point like they were fighting each other or did they actually No, they kind of like it was mutualistic a little bit. Like yeah. it was a it was a good talking point for a long mm. time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it helped my artist career a lot. Um yeah. cuz I'd started to get I like I then I had that GL single and then Chris Lane single and then the Blake single and that all was kind of right there in that pocket of my first pieces of music coming out and yeah. so that was a really good it was very it, it they it, they complemented each other really well yeah symbiotic yeah there you go yeah i forgot all of those terms dude <laughs> mutualistic i don't even really know symbiotic i don't really know what symbiotic means but i feel like i used it correctly so, i think so i'm gonna hang my hat on that okay. he's giving us the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah um and so yeah so so what was that like you're uh, are are you immediately? Uh, like I I guess I probably was at was your first show at at FGL House? Yeah, ever. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, as Hardy. I mean, like besides like the college shit, like ten years before that. Yeah, or whatever, five six years before that. Um, yeah, my first like show as Hardy was was at the Halloween show. Yeah, at FGL House. Were you there? Yeah, dude. Course. That's sick, dude. I can't. I just. I can't remember who I was there. But. Yeah, everybody was the there. The hat, man. dude. There was a hat. With the red. They, the red letters. Yeah, they were handing out the hats, dude. That was. That was like a big thing. Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think we still got that hat somewhere. But. You should keep it. That's like they. Yeah. They only made like a hundred, and we never sold those. Really. We started making them in the white font after that, but yeah. the red font was only the Halloween show. Dang. So you should keep that, dude. That's sick. I didn't oh, even yeah. get one, dude. Okay. <laughs> Uh, damn, I have a, a collector's item. I yeah, dude. Know. And you know what's funny? It's like a week after that, Seth was riding down the road and he found, he saw a picture of a homeless guy sleeping against a light pole with a hardy with a red hardy hat on. Somebody gave it to a fucking homeless guy, dude. How awesome is that? Um, did you, uh, like, are, so you're immediately, like, going out on the road at this point? Or... Yeah, I mean, I would say... I signed the deal in, in July. We didn't really start making music until I think I put it out in October. Yeah. And then Morgan had me out like, I, dude, I want to say that we left the night after Hardy Halloween thing. Okay. Like it was like that Y'all show and then the next night was like the tour started. Yeah. And that was the, I guess it was the If I Know Me tour. And he had me out until probably like March of 2019. So well, like six, what's, three or four months. What so. size rooms were y'all in at that point? Oh man, uh, like clubs. Yeah, like I, you remember Chameleon Club? You did that show with us in Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, in Lancaster. Yeah, and it's gone. I heard we that. Might have, dude. That might have been one of the last shows there. I don't think it made it through COVID, dude. Because that was that was like the last time I left my house for like a that that was the last show we played. Yeah, yeah for sure. Damn, dude. Yeah. Which is crazy, but that's that's the those are the rooms we were playing, Dang. which is so crazy, man. Because it seems like so long ago, but then when you look back and it's like you don't count twenty twenty, yeah. So if you omit that year, that was the end of twenty eighteen. So we'll call that twenty nineteen. Pretty much was that time, yeah. And that's four years minus one. So in three years, he's gone from five hundred cap rooms to you know, yeah. I think I think his biggest was eighty thousand in uh, Ohio State. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy dude that's so crazy yeah like it's gotta be i don't know who's keeping stats it's hard but it feels like a some kind of world record of how like the quickest yeah it's insane yeah. i yes i i don't know like what was garth's come up like did he was his slow dude i don't know i don't know anything like i i wish i could find some more like information about it because 
that's kind of what's what's crazy about like I I have like such a limited view of like country music history, right? Like it sort of starts in like maybe 2010 for me, mm-hmm. just because I wasn't really aware yeah. of what was going on. Same. So when I came in, it was like FGL was like the biggest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. I don't know what like what it what did it look like from like '95 to 2010? Because it's a pretty weird time for the music business because <clears throat> of piracy and yeah, all yeah, this yeah, stuff. definitely, yeah. Dude, I mean, Garth, I, the biggest things in country were Kenny was doing stadiums. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Luke Bryan, maybe. I'd, yeah, I, I mean, know. I mean, I'm kind of with you, man. I didn't really pay attention until I like got in the scene. Yeah. Like, even, just, I'm not even like, just until I started paying attention. Pretty much, right. Yeah. Did you, um, you know, I, I had a lot of things I was kind of curious about, but it's kind of where the conversation's going. So, I, so I guess I'll ask. So, your first EP came out. It was like four songs, right? Yeah. Um, and it was had like was that it was four by four yeah. on that one. Yeah. And then did you do? I can't remember if you did another EP or if I did. A, a rock came out after. Oh no! So okay, so I did. I did that EP, the first EP that had like four by four and Rednecker and all that. Yeah. And then I did another EP that would probably I would go as far as to say is my least popular. Piece of music. What songs were on there? Signs Over You. Oh, well, that's a pretty good one. Um, that's the only thing that's survived this long. And gotcha. then I'll Quit Loving You, Where to Find Me, and um, All She Left Was Me. Oh, yeah. All those are, are like retired now, except for Signs Over You. Like, gotcha. We'll bring that out every now and then. But Yeah. And then later that year, that would have been 2019, I did Hicks Tape Volume 1. Uh, so that was the first Hicks Tape. And then A Rock was like a year later. Yeah. So Hicks Tape was like my first, it wasn't really my record, but it was like the first full, you know, yeah. full length kind of thing. So um, what I wanted to ask you about was like, A Rock came out, was very well received. And then I remember we played some shows in Texas and you sent me yeah. your cover of uh, Blurry? Blurry. Yeah. Had you, I guess at that point you kind of decided to like, do the rock thing, quote unquote. Yeah, but but like, I would I would think that that's actually like a pretty hard decision to make, and and you know it's not like you. I mean, I'm sure you you were like, hey, this is what I want to do, and people just went along with it. But like, it was kind of a unique decision to make. Yeah. It, it paid off, obviously. But how did you kind of arrive at that, you know, Dude, decision? It- it was always kind of there. Yeah. Like if you go and like four by four was like an early, and that was like the first, that's a song that kind of got my, they that got Big Loud's attention. Yeah. Uh, even aside from like Rednecker, which was my first single, but um, it was, it was just, it was always li- like lurking in the shadows, dude. Yeah. And um, like you could tell, and like our live show kind of kept getting heavier and heavier. And then the really prior to Blurry, the moment that I knew that I wanted to do the rock thing and that also that it was going to work was when I put Boots out. Yeah. That that was like a game changer because I put it out and then – so I got I my timelines all screwed up because of COVID, but I put that out in 20 – well, it was on, it was on a rock and that yeah. came out during COVID. Either yeah. way, I put it out and then like a month later we played it like – somewhere before the shutdown and it went 
nut, like bananas, dude. Yeah. Like bigger than any song in our, it was the biggest song in our set at the time. Were Was there a part of you like putting that song out that was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, were you were Kinda. you worried about it at all? Or were you a just little like, bit. this is it, I don't care. No, I, like a little bit because it was just so, it was just so different. And even from a songwriting perspective, like it wasn't this crafted thing that had like the kiss at the end of the chorus that like this was the hook. It was yeah. just, it was country, but it was just like, it wasn't my like necessar- necessarily like my wheelhouse of how I would write yeah. a song because it, you know what I mean? It's just, it was different. So I was just curious, but that was all just me, my like, brain thinking oh it's not written the perfect way or like it's not written like this classic yeah. country song so it's not gonna work but in the in even in the room that day it, that's with garcia and hillary Lindsay, right yeah whose idea what like, i'm just thinking the three of y'all are in the room you're like writing a song you're probably not thinking like you're gonna write boots that day did you come in with the idea i had the or? idea in my phone for forever and i heard a uh i was listening to like new music friday yeah and there was a metal song on there and it was just these like big just Diamonds on the one. It was not yeah. even close to the same thing, but it was just, and I just kept thinking like, that's cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'd already just been thinking about like the rock thing and da 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 And David and I, because David and I, like we really get in the weeds on like my, just music in general and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And and um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just heard that song and I felt very inspired and and I had had this idea and I always wanted it to be like some John Party thing about you know what I mean that title yeah. is like more of that type of thing yeah and uh I don't even know dude it, you know how I just it just it happened in the room picked up a guitar and started doing it and it just sort of happened in the room but that was the moment boots is the moment that like my brand that that's where it started I, yeah. I truly feel like that's that was the moment that I started to figure out who I am as yeah. an artist and what what I have to say, or at least a very, very, very prominent part of who I am, yeah. um, was was boots, and that and that was that was everything. And then when it translated live, that was when I really knew. I was like, okay, this yeah. this can work. And then and then we just ran with it after that. Did it require like any sort of I don't know convincing? Did you ever have to convince a label like this? No is way, dude. They've they been they've they been in. with me the whole time. That's so sick. Yeah, especially well, dude, Joey. That's like scratching an itch for him, yeah. dude. I mean, it's so, a, like, I can't imagine like anyone else doing that. No way, dude. It's yeah. just I mean, he it's it's this weird like he inspired he produced bands that inspired me to write music and now i'm writing music that's inspiring him to produce me like you know what i mean yeah it's this weird full circle thing for both of us and it's like the coolest thing in the world so i'll like i'll send him something and be like listen to this right now dude this is so sick yeah and uh but yeah no i mean dude he was so on board and so was seth and and everybody i mean dude i i've never They've, I've never gotten pushback creatively from anything I've That's ever done. I, I'm so so, so blessed in that way. That Big Loud is, they let you be the artist and then they figure out how to market it. Yeah, which is really and you know I'm just I'm very thankful for that because I hear I hear stories of people that want to do something very cool with their art and what they have to say and then they kind of get shut down and and that sucks. Yeah, you kind of get put in a in a weird box, you know, yeah. where you're just like you know you can get stuck. It's like I want to do this. It's like no. Mm-hmm. And then what are and, you going to do? Yeah, and they're like, you can't commercialize that. And it's like, what's the Tim Robinson? You sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Especially these days, it's like. Well, and, and I feel like that's where that's where it's going. Like everything is, is just getting more and more. It's like, 
what is the most unique thing to you that you could possibly do for anybody? And like, that's, that's exactly what you should be doing. Like this, this, uh, this idea of like, you know, something, if it's for everyone, it's for no one. That's, that's how I Hmm. try and think of it. Wow. You know? And if it's, it's like, if it's the more specific it is, it's actually for the most people that way. Yeah. Like, like if it's polarizing, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And I don't even know if it, if it has to be like polarizing, it's just like, you know, I'm sure your audience looks slightly different than it is when, than, than you thought it would, like when you started. Totally. You know, because you're like, I'm, I'm a country music artist, like, you know, and now it's like morphed into this, like. It's weird, dude. I look out there and it's like, there's a hodgepodge of interesting people, dude. Yeah. But they all love it. And that's, that's the thing, man. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I, but I, I, dude, it's the cross, not crossing over, but just leaning into the rock and roll thing is the best decision I've made as an artist since I've had a record deal. Yeah. It's been so fun and so refreshing and like, I just, I I truly feel like it's who I am, and I, there's just so many thoughts that go along with it. But I, it, it, I feel the most free and the most like yeah. just myself as an artist when we do that, dude. I mean, it shines through 100. percent Like, I think it can be hard, like when you're writing songs all the time, when you're when you're making music to like, um, like become like a true fan mm-hmm. of something. You know what I mean? But like when I listen to truck bed or whatever, like <laughs> when I'm skiing, like I like I know you, but I don't really think about it yeah. being you. Yeah, for I'm sure. just like, I like this song. Dude, and I'm I totally like this with thing. you on that. A hundred percent. And I think that's what's so cool. All of my favorite artists, Stephen Wilson Jr. is another uh, that's one. An, that's me. a that's a the, literally the guy I was about to say. Yeah. It's like I know him as a person, but I'm just a huge fan. Yeah. The dude is incredible. And his music is so unique mm-hmm. to him. Nobody else could make a Stephen Wilson Jr. record. Nope. And I am like in, so inspired by that, you know? And I, I feel like everybody should be. It's like, how do you find, how do you find that thing? And for, for Stephen Wilson Jr., it's like, what, 20, 20 years of, of looking for the thing? Yeah. And he found it. And it's so cool. And dude, you need to get him on here, bro. Dude, he's I he's got a crazy he's, story. Dude, he was uh, a rocket scientist or some shit. He, dude, he, dude, he, did you know he in in uh, was a part of the team that invented like you know the green bones you give dogs? Yeah, he did that. Really? Yeah. I'm did dead he, serious. Did he like? Does he like make money off that? Uh, he was working for like a, um, a company, a, a dog food company. company. No way, dude, dude. He's got a crazy. I, we talked about it. And I was like, "You have to come on." He, and he yeah, was he like, should. "I will." And he he was a fighter before that, right? Yeah, dude. He's like, "What? That's so you're you do, it. dude. You did something that literally physically made you dumber, and then after that, you you were like a genius, super genius scientist. Well, and, like that's crazy. And I I'm sure uh, you know I'm ruining or like I'm I'm messing up the story, but like he did music. He was a songwriter for a long time, and then like quit. And yeah. went and like worked for a dog food company for like years, like That's a whole crazy. other life, and then came back to writing songs. I love that stuff. That's dude. crazy. That bro. stuff no, makes it's, me. It's cool. It's like I, Brett, the Brett James story, dude. Yeah, he 
can't get away. He dude. moved. Yeah, he moved back three times, or moved moved to Nashville three different times. Wasn't he like in med school and then got like seven singles and was like, I guess I gotta go back. Yeah, Kenny. I'm pretty sure Kenny called him and was like, I'm single because he moved here. Yeah, I, and this could be completely wrong, but then moved back, moved back again, wrote a bunch of songs with a bunch of people, moved back, and then this when he moved back that time, people were calling him like, Hey, your songs are about to be on the radio, and then he was like, All right, well, here we go. Yeah, and then he moved back, and now he's Brett James. Yeah, a legend. Um, how do you think about things now when you're, I I think it's actually probably become easier to figure out like which songs are for you, Yeah, but you still do quite a bit of songwriting. Yeah. What is your, I don't know, like, I I feel like you've moved into such an interesting space because you're having a lot of cuts and hits as a writer. And you're also like, you started, like, I don't want to say this incorrectly. Is it your publishing company are you a part of one like you've started to sign a bunch of yeah i started one with dennis and his son jesse so okay. we started one together gotcha mine ours whatever you want to call it yeah yeah and was that something you always wanted to do did it just sort of make not, sense not or? really uh, not until later into the bro i didn't even I, like i just wanted to i just wanted a, a couple of hits and, yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. at one point yeah, and so you know your goals change when once you achieve a goal then you have a new set of goals yeah and, and, um, yeah, that, that just, that came, that was a pipe dream for us five years ago. And now it's just cool that it's come to life. And, and yeah, we signed Zach. Aubin was the first guy we signed. Yeah. And I just, dude, I'm so thankful that he came over and now he's got a big old Kenny Chesney single, know, dude. dude. It's so sick. And he's, <laughs> and, and Zach is one of my, my best friends that he's so good. He's been so good. For so long, you're like, yeah. you're almost you, like for a long time. I was almost like, man, what is? Bro, when we got him, I was just so like, long? I don't know why in the world he doesn't have at least you know a yeah. couple of singles or whatever. Because yeah. not only is he a producer, but he can take his headphones off and turn around and contribute as a writer, just because he's a smart guy. Yeah, um, Zach, you suck, and I hate you. By the way. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I'm just proud of him, man. He's, he's yeah. gr- dude, and. And he works. He works so hard. He does, and he knows how good he is, but not in a cocky way, but in a yeah. way of like he knows his self worth. Yeah. Which I think a lot of times when you know your self worth, but you don't have anything to show for it, that can be very defeating for people. Yeah. And so, big shout out to him and anybody else that's still grinding that hasn't necessarily had that big old hit or big break yet. Um, yeah, that's that's tough because I mean I'm I got really lucky, dude, and kind of you know I hit at a time where. I never really felt like I needed to move back home or anything like that or yeah. whatever, give up. And and I just I know there's a lot of people that are that are as more talented than I am that are still still grinding that that I just haven't had it happen yet. And yeah. But yeah, Zach is he's one of those people, but it's finally happening, dude. And I'm yeah. so stoked for it. It's so sick. It makes me just truly like delighted. Yeah. Him. And he's funny. He's a funny dude. He is. <laughs> he's the meme king. His memes are yeah. so good, dude. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, you, you talk about goals, like shit, man. What's what do you want to do next? Uh, uh, you don't have to say. No, I, mean, I I'm not yeah, no, to I'll say. Spot. I want to. Uh, I want to balance a songwriting career and an artist career for the for a long time. Yeah, I want to start a record label. Yeah, and uh, I would love to, in a perfect world, start an- another the next generation of a version, not business, but just a big loud. 
Yeah. Which was Craig Wiseman, yeah. who had a handful of hits and had, and had some money and he did well. And then he started his publishing company and then his writers started writing hits. And so he had more money and then he yeah. started a record label and he signed Chris Lane and Morgan Wallen and da 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 da. And, and now it just is what it is. I would love to do that for, you know, with yeah. my crew of people and just yeah. start our little empire. Yeah. I think that'd be the coolest, coolest thing ever. It is. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, I love Craig and it is so crazy. Like even from when I moved to town in 2016, like what big loud is. Dude. I mean, it's like, you moved, you moved thing. when they were just still just a publishing company. Right. I'm pretty sure. Or they had Chris I think, Lane maybe. Yeah. I mean, but it was like, you know, it, people were like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is this a real label? Mm-hmm. You know, that was sort of, I think Morgan had, like, they signed Morgan, like, uh, uh, around that same time. He was one of the first. Yeah. I mean, dude, Morgan might be the second artist. Because I think even I was, like, the fifth or something. It was, like, not. Yeah. It was, It was like, yeah. boutique, you know? Yeah, oh, totally. But they were crushing. Yeah. You know? And they just, some. they just, man. That's that's the thing, dude. You, it's like you get somebody that can produce the shit out of your artist. Yeah. You get an artist that you can market, and I don't know. You just slowly start adding people to, you know, yeah. get them on the radio and this and that and the other, and it just, yeah. It's pretty sick. Craig Wiseman is like the best dude of all time, by the yeah. way. I do. Shout out to Craig. He's yeah. One of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Um. So if you are like talking to either younger you or just some some young kid moving to town, like what you tell what would you tell him? Dude, this is the advice that I give everybody. And it's so hard. It's it's kind of like this weird, like once you hear it, it's hard to t- take this advice. But something that I noticed that I did, and I didn't even know I did it, was that you cannot have a plan B. Hmm. Like you have to manifest that it is going to work and at some point it's going to work and you don't, you just, you have to be so stupid about it, like so blindly stupid about it. But I just, when I moved here, I never, I didn't think like I'm going to be a big star. I'm going to be a big hit songwriter, but I, I, I definitely did not move here and say, well, if it doesn't work out, I can always move back home. Yeah. I just moved here and I said, I'm going to be a songwriter and that's, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. And I didn't, just did not have a plan B. And there's something to the way that you handle yourself and the way that you handle situations and the way you handle failure that if you have that mindset, even if you don't know that you have that mindset, you handle it with grace and you and you you give yourself grace and, and you give situations grace and you keep your head down and there's just, there's something about it. But once you hear it, it's like, I'm not going to have a plan B, but even that is kind of tough because like yeah. in the back of your mind, but if you can try as hard as you can to to move here and just just don't even don't even say, well, I'm going to pick up a job here. Just just do what you can to get by, but don't have a plan B. Yeah. Don't ever move home. Don't ever talk about moving home. Don't ever think about it. Just come up here and do it. Yeah. I can't stress it enough, dude. That's like, I'm super passionate about that. Yeah. I love it though. I mean, it is, I, 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 I truly, and I've, I've talked about this before with, with other people. It's like, I feel like people can smell it on you when you're here and you know, you're not leaving. It's totally. like, you're just, I, I don't know when I, when I moved here in 2016, no clue what I was doing. Didn't know anybody. That's yeah. That's the thing. Right. But, 
but it was just like I'm not going home. Yeah. And I'm don't and like I'm just gonna figure it out, you know? And um and that's that's what happened. You talk about, man, I'm just trying to think of like there's so many people that Billy Montana, he was on here and he talked about like he didn't even have his first hit for twelve years. Yeah. And that was like after he'd lost a record deal and moved to town. And it's like twelve years. That's crazy. Dude, that's so long. And it's and like it's fine. Wow. Yeah. You know, it just things have a way of working out and um people's and everybody's timeline, you cannot compare your timeline to anybody else. No. And it doesn't matter if the person has half the talent you have and they have more hits or or a hit and you don't. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That stuff will you, drive you crazy. You're the only person in your world. That's right. Yeah, you can only control uh I just read this thing. You ever read this book, The War of Art? I've heard about it. And I've somebody has tried to get me to read it. And I, I Dude, didn't read it yet. Uh, it'll change your life. Um, is it the war of art or the yeah the war of art yeah yeah the yeah, war yeah, of yeah, art. yeah yeah okay but um i i got that book like 10 years ago this guy in this really cool band in college was like you need to read this i read it again uh i reread it again like two nights ago and it was in like, one setting it's it's really easy i read it in two nights but it's like got you it's every page like sometimes the pages only have like this much text it's like got you it's not like your normal but um it talks about this thing about thinking about um, like in a operating like a hierarchy versus operating like a territory, which sounds like kind of okay. Um, but basically, what it's saying is like you cannot think about yourself in the context of like I'm better or worse or bigger or smaller than this person. Yeah, it's it distracts you from the actual work. But what you can do, and this is like a better way of thinking about it, is thinking about things like in your territory and it's like this is what i do and i'm gonna make my little piece of land like the dopest piece of land yeah. that's gonna yield me the most fruit and i hadn't again i read that book 10 years ago and reading it again it was like dude it was like uh it, i don't know it, it it really hit me it really resonated with me because that's so i think important it's so easy to look around totally you know and just to know it's hard like, not to i'd still do it dude it's, it's crazy like, yeah <laughs> But it's because we're we're human, man. We yeah. wanna Well, the human condition is is like getting used to things and, and comparing things and yeah. It's yeah. just part of your oddly part of your DNA. Yeah. But um I don't know. I was I was really I was really inspired by that. You know. I'm I'm gonna Amazon that as soon as I get home. Yeah. Should I audiobook it or should I just read it? Just read it. Okay. It's actually easier. I'll to read, read that if you read the Alchemist. Okay. It's a deal. Okay. Um well dude, thank you so much for coming on. You're the man. Absolutely. Love you, dude. Love you too, brother. That's it. That's the pod. See you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep rating. Keep reviewing. Keep subscribing. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.